Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And once again, welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 212. Before we get into this episode, make sure you check your local listings. Actually, all you need to know is that the Merido Collegiate Invitational will be televised live this week on Golf Channel. And I'm there right now covering all the action for my friends at Merido. It's my first tournament of the fall season, and there is truly nowhere else I would rather be. Strong teams in this field, no surprise there, Arizona State, Texas, Oklahoma, SMU, it's going to be very interesting to see how the best collegiate players in the country tackle one of the hardest courses in the country. So make sure you're following along on my social media channels here at the back of the range. Merido Collegiate Invitational is on Instagram as well. And make sure you watch the coverage on Golf Channel. Take advantage. College Golf televised Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. It's going to be awesome. Wake Forest will also be playing at Merido this week, and my guest on this episode is an All-American from Wake Forest that has had incredible success on the international stage. But this player isn't on the men's team. She's on the women's team. Rachel Keene joins me this week at the back of the range. Now, I get asked all the time, Ben, what is your favorite episode? Ben, who was your favorite guest? Ben, what is your Venmo so we can send you money to cover all your travel expenses so you can cover every single amateur golf tournament in the country? Okay, that's not that's not true. But maybe it'll guilt you into, you know, buying a towel or a hat. Link in the show notes, by the way. Anyway, there are so many favorite episodes. It's really, you know, honestly, I have 212 favorite episodes. But this one, this guest, Rachel Keene, also commonly referred to in some circles as Brenda Corey Keene's daughter. Well, this episode is full of great insight. It's funny. It's open. It's honest. There's just so much in this episode for you to enjoy. Some great takeaways for your own game. Some great stories from the Curtis Cup. Rachel talks about her start in the game, her decision to go to Wake Forest, her first win as a freshman. There's there's a lot in this episode. So let's get started. Rachel, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, um, gosh, we had such a great conversation with uh, uh, Amelia Miliaccio after the Curtis Cup victory. We're, we're working down the line, grabbing more more members of this uh, <laughs> victorious team here. And uh, you're, you're finally back on campus. How nice is it just to get back into a routine, uh, you know, get out of the jet lag, get out of all the travel of summer amateur golf? Um, what was the first day back at Wake like? Oh my gosh, it, it was hectic to say the least. Sure. Um, it's funny because my dad um, has always called me when I get back to school after like a good tournament or something like that. And his question is always, oh, like, is it a good day on campus to be Rachel Keene? And so he called That's me the awesome. first day back <laughs> and he called me and he was like, is it a good day on campus to be Rachel Keene? I was like, well, I haven't sat down and taken a breath, but besides that, like, yeah, it's been fun, Dad, because all my teachers were all aware of, of the Curtis Cup and uh-huh. all my teammates and my classmates and my friends. Um, it's It was even cooler to walk into the business school because I'm a, I'm a business major, and they have these, like, TVs in the front entrance, and, like, first thing I saw as I walked into the business school was, like, um, me and Lauren Walsh's pictures up there and being, like, congratulations, like, Curtis Cup uh, participants. So, like, the whole school was aware. Like, it was so cool. So it it was a good it's a good time to be Rachel Keene. 
<laughs> it was. And, and, and it's nice to finally be back into a routine. Um, we're actually getting ready to leave for, for our first event of the season, but uh, it's been nice kind of catching up in my classes and, and getting to practice a little bit too. So you mentioned your dad and, you know, this is the part of the episode before we get into Curtis cup, before we start talking about wake and about all your accomplishments on the golf course. And, you know, before we go down that road and there's lots, lots to unpack and talk about as far as Curtis cup goes. Um, you know, this is the time of the episode where I typically say, so, uh, you know, to write a passage here at the back of the range and we know what you've done so far in your career, but we need to kind of learn, you know, how did you get into the game of golf and, you know, I need to work a little harder in that aspect because uh, for people that, that follow you and know anything, they know uh, that, that golf and, and athletics are just, um, I, I mean, here, let, let's just start here. Mom and dad meet at Wake Forest. Mom plays golf. Dad plays baseball. You have two uncles that played Division One baseball. Grandfather <laughs> that played college golf. Brother that played college golf. You played baseball for some time, and then also golf, tennis, obviously golf won out. Um, let's just forget about how we got into golf. I think I can piece that together and help the listeners figure that one out. But talk to me about the just the athletic and the competitive environment in the Keene household growing up as a kid. Competitive is an understatement. Okay. All right. So I'm off base. Okay. So we, um, so I actually have two brothers. I have an older brother that, like you said, played college golf and I have a younger brother that is a junior in high school. Um, and we all grew up playing every sport you can possibly imagine, um, from basketball to tennis, to baseball, to golf, to, I don't even know any, literally soccer, gymnastics, swimming, all of that. So there was never a moment where we would do anything like non-competitively. If it was who could put away the dishes faster, it was who could put away the dishes faster. It was, you know, who can go out and chip it closer to that tree. Right. Um, It was, we were always at each other's throats with some kind of competition. Okay. So it wasn't that, and and Corey is your older brother, correct? Yeah. Corey's my older brother. Okay. Taylor's Taylor's younger. Okay. So it wasn't. Your, Corey, I'm guessing, wasn't just the, the protective older brother that would baby you. He would try to beat you down as much as possible. Is that pretty accurate? Absolutely. See? Um, it was funny because uh, my brothers are great. My brothers have, have made me who I am today. Um, but people have always been like, oh, my God, it must be so nice to have, like, a protective older brother. Uh-huh. I'm like, you just don't know Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny. We, we're all super, super close. And I think competing with each other made us closer. Right. Um, but it's, it's always nice to know that if I'm ever wanting to go out and, and, and compete in anything that Corey and Taylor will be right by my side. Who is the worst loser out of the keen kids? Who would you say, and is just does not handle victory or doesn't handle defeat, uh, the best. I mean, obviously not, not sore losers, but just like, just someone needs to pout, pout and cool down for an hour or so. Who doesn't handle it the best? Probably me, there as much go. as I need to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit of a hothead, especially like off the golf course. Okay. Um, and so there was a lot of times that even like on family game night when we'd be playing cards or I something. Was just like, say that I'm like, especially I'm, I, yeah. Taylor and I, we would it would always end in a screaming match. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm just <laughs> thinking ping pong and monopoly are two. Things oh yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's also a hole in our wall downstairs in the basement by the ping pong table. I personally didn't put that one there, but one of my brothers did. 
just a paddle that accidentally flew out of your hand. Just, I mean, the, exactly. These, these things happen. These, you know, that's the, not, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a typical Caddyshack line. Yeah. Those grips are worn. I should have, I should have warned you. I should have warned you. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I want to ask another question. Talk to me about how you represented the Dominican Republic. Um, was this at the world amateur? Do you have dual citizenship? How does, how does that fit in for a girl that, that grows up in Asheville, North Carolina? Explain this to one to me. <laughs> Yeah. So my mom, uh, my mom was actually born and raised in Dominican Republic. Um, didn't come to the States. Well, she'd like been to visit, but but really didn't come until college. Okay. Um, so I'm a dual citizen because of her. My dad's American. Um, and you know, I, I would kind of go down and spend the summers down there and stuff like that. Um, and then basically mom and I were looking at like tournaments and stuff. And she had talked about how she had represented the Dominican Republic and yeah. she kind of asked me, she goes, was that something you'd ever want to do? And I, and I kind of took a couple of days and thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, like if I can get on like a worldwide stage, like why would I would be stupid not take that opportunity? Yeah. Um, and so I think the first event I played was the Pan American Games. Um, in I think that was in Colombia in um, Barranquilla. And then again, I had the opportunity in the World Amateur. And it's just it was so cool because like for me, that was my first time because that was before college. Right. So that was my first time being able to like represent something that is bigger than myself. Um, and, and so I played, I think it was, no, it was the central American games is what it was. Okay. I played the central American games, the world am, then the pan American games. Um, and then by that point I was going to college. Um, so then I, I had the opportunity to come to wake forest. Um, and, and then have made a couple American teams since then. But, but kind of for me, that was my first opportunity to, to play for something that wasn't just Rachel Keene. Right. Exactly. Um, it was so special. And we'll always, um, the, the world am, I got to be on a team with, with my mom. My mom was actually playing captain, which was so cool. Oh my gosh. Travel um, over to Ireland, um, where I actually got to meet my future teammate for the first time, uh, Lauren Walsh. Oh, and, Walsh, and yeah. yeah, it was just such a cool week. Um, and I remember seeing, uh, the American team there and then Jen Cupcho was part of that team. So I got to talk to her about Wake Forest and, and kind of just start these connections. Um, it was it was an amazing opportunity and and something that I'll always remember is like my first like opportunity to to compete on a worldwide stage. So we've talked about your mom a little bit here. Let's let's give her a little publicity because I know that not many people know. <laughs> so Brenda Corey Keene, All American at uh, Wake Forest, part of the she's in the Wake Forest Hall of Fame. These are things we that you know. I mean, gosh, a handful of. You know, over a dozen women's amateurs she's played in, nine U.S. Opens, uh, runner-up in a mid-am. So she has all these these credentials. And, of course, during the, the footage and the coverage of the Curtis Cup, what do they talk about? Of course, they need to talk about her at the 2001 U.S. Open, where she's eight months <laughs> pregnant with you. And this is obviously 20 years ago when Instagram and Facebook aren't a thing. But... Um, you know, how do you and your mom, I mean, do you chuckle at the fact that any time that, like, you realize that any time you're going to be playing in a U.S. Open or a USGA event that's televised, immediately people at Golf Channel or whoever, whatever network is televising it, if Rachel Keene's doing something, they're like, oh, go grab that picture of uh, Rachel's mom. Uh, go, go pull that up. Let, yeah, that'll, we could talk about that for 15 seconds. That'll, that'll be some nice filler and, and fill some time on the broadcast. Do you just both chuckle about that at this point? There's really nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's funny um, because, like you said, like whenever in amateur golf, I would do anything. Oh, like yeah. you said, it was always like, oh, and by the way, her mom did this and this and this. Uh -huh. And it's something that I had always noticed. It was 
mom and I had this really um, good conversation at the North and South last year because she had made it to a finals of the North and South. Right. And I was, I had made match play and, and was winning a couple matches and it was something like um, people were kind of starting to notice sure. and starting to, to make the connections. Um, and, and so she had actually never noticed that every time my name came up in one of these articles, like she was mentioned as well. Really? She, she never noticed, which I thought was really interesting. And so we kind of had a good conversation about it and a really good heart to heart about it. And now, like you said, every time it, it happens, we laugh about it. We look at each other and we laugh. Right. Um, because it's, it's like you said, it's something that will follow me. And it's actually a really cool story. Um, if you think about it and she, she said, um, the U S open next year in, in 2022, is it pine needles, which is where her, the 20, 2001 U S open was. Right. So she's like, Rachel, like, you have to qualify for that one. Like, think of how cool the story would be. I was like, okay, mom, like, I'll try a little harder to qualify if you say so. I would tell <laughs> her that she's got to qualify. I would throw that right <laughs> back at her. Like, hey, what do you mean? I, I, now, she's playing in the, in the senior women's am. I can't believe I just did that. But she's playing in the she's playing in a USGA event right now. We're just going <laughs> to edit that part out. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so she's, she's playing. She needs to, to get her game going, too. I mean, let's get this. Let's get both of you in there. Oh yeah. Um, but no, you're, you're hundred percent right. It's, it's actually kind of cool now. Um, and, and I actually got to caddy for her in her qualifier. Nice. And so it was really fun. Cause like, that was the first time that like the roles had been reversed. She caddies yeah. for me a lot. Like it was so much fun to like go out there and like get to see her game in full action. It was great. Well, and it's also got to be a really interesting dynamic. I mean, when things are good, that's great. You know, you have a good day and you can go back to mom and say, mom, I, I, you know, I, I kept it together, you know, it was starting to get away from me, but I really fought back. I mean, you could share the victories and the great things, but also there's going to be those downtimes where you're, you know, you're, you're having a bad day or you have a bad round or you miss a cut or you, you, uh, you know, miss out on a qualifier where I guess like naturally you're the kid that wants to get, you know, solace and, and comfort from, from a parent, but also she has this wealth of knowledge and experience. So, I'm guessing those are kind of interesting conversations where sometimes you want, you know, mom just to be mom, but also then maybe after you cool down and, and kind of decompress a little bit, you want to actually, you know, tap into that knowledge and say, okay, where did it go wrong? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And it's, it's something that I feel so lucky to have a parent that kind of understands golf and, and has been in the situations that I am. Because kind of like you said, like after the good and the bad rounds, both both, you know, whether things go well or whether things don't go well, there's always like a period after the round where we either, you know, just kind of let emotion take over. So we, you know, celebrate if it's been a good round and we, right. we listen to, you know, exciting music or whatever. And then um, other times we just kind of, <laughs> the car ride home is in pure silence. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't quite as fun. But um, but then, like you said, we always, towards the end of that car ride, um, we'll go over the rounds. Um, and, and cause sometimes, you know, she might see something that I didn't notice, you know, you came up short on a lot of holes or, or, you know, whatever it was, you were leaving your shots out, right. Something like that. But then there's also times when like, if I hit a bad shot, like I can explain, you know, maybe I was in a divot and she can't see that from the trees, you know? Right. right. So it, it's also, it's really nice. Cause then, um, I, like you said, I can kind of learn from, from her experiences and, and draw her knowledge. Cause we make a really good team because I have my experiences and she has hers and I can, I have basically the, the knowledge basis of two people, which is so cool. And right. I feel like I have leg up on everyone. Um, 
and it, it's it's just because of how amazing she is. She and she's so willing to like help me. Um, I I I feel so lucky. I can't even put that into words. First time you beat your mom, because oh. this is a really you know you know it's one thing where the boy or the girl you know beats uh, their dad or their mom, and you know mom's a ten handicap or dad's a fifteen, and you know hey you know you know. He finally beat me, or she finally beat me. You know, he shot eighty-two, and I shot eighty-three. This is a different story here. Um, there's, I mean, so so first time you beat your mom. So so I'll tell you a, a, a story leading up to that. Sure. Was we were in Dominican Republic, and whenever we go down as a family, we always will play a fivesome because um, they don't really care down there. Yeah. Um, and we're playing, and I. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I just thought that was funny. The way, yeah, they don't care in the Dominican Republic. I mean, there's. No. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, I've I've been there in all inclusive resort, and I could barely remember if it was a three, four, or five. Some when we were, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember, but the you know, lawless land. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. There you go. So, um, anyways, so I had a three footer on the last hole to shoot seventy nine for the first time. Okay. And to beat my mom. Oh. Didn't even touch the hole. Didn't even touch it. <laughs> so I was like devastated after the round, like tears, waterworks, like complete. I don't even, couldn't even tell you how old I was. Okay. The next day we go out again. And again, I think I had to par the last hole or something to shoot 79 and to beat my mom. And I did it that time. So I like told myself, I was like, I'm not going to leave myself a three footer. So that was the first time that I'd beat her in eight holes. I'd beat her in nine holes before, but those don't really count. No, um, count. That's not a but it was just victory. so funny that it was like back to back days. Wow. And I'm guessing she must have been thrilled. And she was probably crushed when you did it, when you missed it the first time. <laughs> no, she was excited for me. Um, I think she wasn't happy because she didn't play very well, right, but right. she was excited for me. Was there ever a chance, I, I can't believe, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to ask this, but was there ever a chance that you were not going to go to Wake Forest? I mean, you know, you have to, was there ever a time where you were thinking, you know, if I go to this place, there's going to be a picture of my mom up on the wall where it says Hall of Fame, and then there's records on the wall. I got to see that every day. You know, maybe, maybe I go someplace else, kind of chart my own course, or am I just, am I just talking crazy talk right now? No, it, it's funny you ask that because that's that's exactly what had happened. I when I first started looking at schools, I told my parents. I sat them down and I said, you know, mom, dad, like it's nothing personal. Oh, I'm never going to Wake Forest. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, I I I ruled it out immediately. I was like, this is never happening because just like you said, like I didn't want to go. And no offense to my dad, but it was more my mom. I didn't want to be Brenda's daughter. Right. I um, I wanted to like pave my own way and have it be my school and not not hers. Um. And so that was kind of how it was that when I started looking at schools, like I didn't even Wick wasn't on the list. Okay. Uh, I mean, you had your pick. I mean, you really, you know, a lot of AJGA success, you know, North Carolina, you know, junior player of the year. I mean, you, you had the resume to go shopping with. <laughs> no, but it was, um, it was funny because I, I had at the time when I was looking at schools, it was coach Diane Daly and coach Kevin Diaz that were here. Um, and I had known them both before just because of, again, my mom knows them. Um, and coach Diaz particularly had come to watch me play a lot. And I talked to him. He'd be like, listen, like, I know you say you don't want to go to wake, but just like, just do me a favor. Just come visit. And I told my mom, I was like, mom, like, I don't want to go. Like, I'm never going there. And she's like, I hear you, Rachel. But like, he spent a lot of time watching you. Like you owe him to like, at least go visit. And I kind of, you know, sighed. I was like, fine. Right. So I went with my dad. My dad took me on that visit. Smart, um, smart. And yeah, good play on their part. Yep. 
and it was on Halloween of my sophomore year. Um, and basically, I stepped on campus. I had a great visit. Loved it. Loved the school. Loved the coaches. Um, basically, spent the day here. Didn't call my mom once. Didn't text my mom once. And got in the car and called her on the way home and said, Mom, like, I loved it. Like, I'm, I, I, I like, had a feeling, you know? And I was still kind of considering options and stuff. But that was the first time that I was like, oh, my God. Like, I really, really like Wake Forest. Yeah. Um, and it kind of ended up coming down mostly to um, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, and Virginia. And it was funny because Coach Kim at the time was recruiting me from Virginia. Interesting. Um, and so, anyways, I, I committed to Wake Forest, um, called the the Notre Dame coach, called Coach Kim at Virginia, and told him I was coming to Wake. And then, you know, whatever, eight, eight months later or whatever, a year and a half later, Coach Kim called me back with like, I took the Wake Forest job after Coach Daly had left. <laughs> and and the words she said actually on the phone were, you know, one way or another, I was going to coach you, Rachel. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I just kind of laughed. Um, and, and she's been amazing here. Ryan's been unbelievable, too. I, I've gotten so lucky with, with the coaches and my support system here. So I'm, I definitely think I made the right choice. Yeah, I think things might work out for you. It seems to be, <laughs> it's, it's going to be okay. Um, your freshman season at Wake, First collegiate tournament, first start, you win. And actually, that's where you're going uh, uh, in, a, in a few days. You're going back to uh, the Minneapolis area uh, for the Annika. That was your first win in the in the individual title. So you're off to a great start. Um, and, of course, let's give your mom some props here. This is the first mother-daughter duo in program history to claim a title, so we can't leave that out. But I don't <laughs> want to necessarily talk about that. I want to talk about the tournament you didn't qualify for the cougar classic <laughs> right before, just had to bring that up didn't you? i did i did look we've been, well i've been friendly the whole time we got to go go a couple, couple we got to go a couple different directions here but i guess I what i the knife a bit just a little bit but no the reason i want to talk about that is because you come in and you don't qualify and then the next tournament you win and you win convincingly so and and that season i mean you know top 20 in all your appearances your first team all american but you know, I try and hit upon something in each episode that the listener that may be a junior golfer or a collegiate golfer or someone that's, hey, maybe trying to qualify for their club championship or anything like that. But I always want to do a little bit of a takeaway. So how do you take a, a disappointing start to your collegiate career with failing to qualify to travel to then completely flipping it and winning the very next tournament, which is probably like, what, two, three weeks later? So what did you take from the disappointment and how did you you know, turn it around so quickly. Yeah. Um, it's not like you fixed your swing in two weeks or anything <laughs> like that, you know. No. Um, but staying at home that first week was hard. Um, it's it's obviously not how I pictured my first two weeks of college going. Right. Um, of course, you know, it's you get so excited when you first get to school to travel with the team and, and to be told that I'm not going, it, it was not easy to hear and, and not a fun week at home, that's for sure. Um, and so then I... I called coach and I, I set a meeting and, and we got there and I, I asked her, I said, okay, coach, what do I need to do for you to not leave me at home again? I said, what do you need for me to make sure that I'm on that bus every week? And, and she told me, she goes, I need you to make it to where I can't not leave you at home, you know, play so well that like, I want you in my lineup every week, even if you don't play particularly well in a qualifier, like I know you're going to perform. Right, the tournament. Right. Um, and so that's what I, I went out and did. I um, played a home qualifier while they were in Charleston. Um, 
I think I shot 66 that round to qualify for then for Annika. Okay. Um, and then I went out and, and went out with the same mentality of, you know, okay, I want to prove to coach that I deserve to be on that bus every week. And, and basically went out and, and played like I had something to prove. Um, and, and obviously it worked out for me and, um, yeah, I got to, I got to travel the rest of the semester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm picking up on something you mentioned about going to wake. You said you sat your parents down and then now you're talking about, I set a meeting with coach. Where does it come from when your makeup where you are taking the reins and taking charge of situations when most people would, or not when I can't say most, but some would be, they would wait for the result to be dictated to them. How is it that you're going after the the result that you want and kind of taking charge in that situation? Yeah, I mean, to me, I I just kind of like to know where everything stands. I'm a very straightforward person. Sure. So, um, you know, I I just prefer to know exactly how I stand with everything. Um, so that means, you know, having to con- confront someone in a social situation or or set a meeting with coach to find out if I'm traveling, you know, whatever it is. Like, right. I want to kind of know where everything stands. And that's just kind of the person I am. I I'm not really afraid of confrontation. Um if it needs to happen, um, because a lot of times having the hard conversations, both you and the other person come out better for it. Well said you have, you have a great season, obviously your freshman year. And then, you know, 20, you know, 2020, the summer is great. You know, you win North and South women's am you pick up that win, which obviously that's what your, your mom was runner up. So you, you you get one up on her, uh, and that situation, you win the ladies national golf association amateur the following month. Um, you know, good, good run at the women's am, you know, I I guess I want to ask about maybe, um, you know, do you actively keep track of your mom's accomplishments in your sites? Is that something that you maybe look at or focus on? Or are you, I know, I know we kind of joke around about it and, and I'm (laughs) sure you joke around about it as well, but is that something that you're like, okay, let's look up and see how mom did in this tournament. Okay. Her best was a runner up or her best was a top 10 or she's won this twice. Um, do you use that as maybe motivation? Um, I wouldn't say it's something that I, I actively look up, um, but it kind of inevitably comes up for sure. sure. Um, you know, I'll, like you said, I'll go to the ladies national or something and mom runs into a friend and the next thing you know, in conversation, you know, she goes, <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, your mom won this. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Every time she goes to one of your tournaments, it's just another chance of that. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah. So, so it's just kind of funny because, um, it, it somehow always comes up. Right. Um, but I definitely think it's, it's been motivating for me, um, to try and, and match what my mom's done. Cause obviously she was such an accomplished amateur golfer. Um, so if I can, if I can put myself to, to on the same list that she's on, I know I'm heading in the right direction. Now, this is a great summer you had, obviously, and I guess it's something that that every elite amateur, college athlete, well, maybe not every college athlete, but definitely in the golf space, you know, you know, in the summer, you know, school's out, and you know, you just kind of want to, you know, put the books away, obviously, and maybe put the clubs away, and just you know, go to the beach or just go on vacation and just just leave it alone. But that's really the time where you know. You have a lot of tournaments and obviously USGA events. Um, I'm guessing, you know, there are sacrifices that you have to make to to reach this level. Uh, you know, has it ever been difficult for you just to kind of, you know, put the game aside a little bit here and there? Or, or how do you balance just 
you, know, you can't get overcooked and, and just burnt out on it. How do you protect yourself from, from, you know, falling out of love with the game or, or, you know, not having the ability to be as sharp as you need to be when you have to play your best? Absolutely. I mean, I think, like you said, like there's sacrifices that need to be made. And sometimes you just, you know, you have to miss the friends going to the lake with your friends for a weekend or something like yeah. that. If you have, if you're trying to prepare for a big tournament and, and I think that's every athlete has to make those decisions. Um, but, but there's definitely a balance, you know, through high school, I, I played tennis through the entire fall and it was really important for me because it gave me a good break from golf because it was coming off such a crazy and hectic summer schedule that I was so excited to put the clubs up and play tennis. Um, and, and, you know, now that break comes a little differently now it's, you know, in the summer, maybe taking three or four days off, even though, you know, maybe, maybe it's, there's pressure from, from people telling me to go practice or whatever. But if I know that that's, what's best for my game, then, um, that's okay too. So it's, it's, you definitely need to, to, to know when your body especially needs a break. Right. Um, because especially through the summer when it's so hot and you're spending eight hours a day out there practicing, like you'll get so tired so quickly. Um, and, and, uh, it's, it's actually better for your game to, you know, maybe stay in and have a Netflix marathon or, or go to the pool or, or go to the lake or go hiking or do something else. Yeah. Um, it's good for your mental game. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's a happy medium, I would say. And I, I think a lot of golfers would tell, they, tell you that too. Well, I want to talk a little bit about this Curtis cup. Uh, I know it was a, I mean, gosh, I know it was just had to have been just an incredible experience. I, I definitely had a little, a, a major case of FOMO waking up at 5 a.m. watching it on golf <laughs> channel. I'm like, I just saw this entire team at the U.S. Women's Amateur, and I was so pissed that I wasn't there. Um, when did now, okay, mom, getting back to mom again, I can't believe this, but your mom, <laughs> she, she played on two Curtis Cup teams, undefeated in 1998. She went 4-0, and since I would like to have her on as a guest in the future i'm just not going to talk about 1996 so if you see what i did there (laughs) um, when did you first start realizing that curtis cup was something that might be in your future and not just something that mom did before you were born the first time that was put on my radar was when i got the call um to say that i had made the curtis cup session like the practice session okay really Um, you mean for this team yeah really yeah that was the first time. Cause like, wasn't you know I was an okay junior golfer, but not like top in the country. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, fair enough. And then I had a good freshman year and all this stuff. Um, and then kind of I got the the call for the for the practice session. I was like, oh, like, are you saying I might make the Curtis Cup team? <laughs> That's what. The and and I called mom means. and told her, and she was like, <laughs> I figured that call was coming. I was like, like, well, why didn't you tell me? Right. Um. And so I got to go spend the weekend um, at Lake Nona with with a bunch of the girls. And it was so much fun and was so great getting to know um, our captain, Sarah, and our, our manager, Laura. Um, and then, you know, it was kind of on my mind the entire spring semester into the summer. And then I was lucky enough to make the team and have that opportunity, which was was so special and just such an amazing week. Now, this year's team, I'm looking at this, and this is just a little bit of, of the history. So, Rachel Heck lost to Jensen Castle in the semis of this year's USAM. Uh, Rose beat Rachel Heck in the 2020 USAM in the round of 16. 
Rachel Heck beat Matthews this year at the Women's Am. You beat Corpus in the finals of the North-South Amateur. I believe that was 2020. You have a lot of players on this team that have played each other, beaten each other, lost to each other. Um, did, did that ever enter in the dynamic in, in kind of the, the camaraderie in this team, or is that just the, that's just the price of doing business when you're an elite amateur in the women's game? Oh my gosh. No, it didn't have any effect on our team chemistry. Um, the girls this year, we traveled with, with two reserves and all 10 of us got along so well. Right. Um, you know, we see each other with the exception of Rose and, and Mega who are juniors. We were all college golfers. Right. So we all see each other at practically every, every week in, in college um, and through the summer. Um, and you kind of get to know each other that way. Um, but it was, it was really cool to be able to be on a team with some of these girls that I, We'll never have the opportunity to be on a team with again. Um, you know, Gina Kim, for example, is from Duke. We play against her. You know, Wake and Duke hate each other. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we go out every week and, you know, you want to beat her brains out. Right. But it's it's so cool to be able to, to be on the flip side and, and appreciate Gina as a competitor. And, you know, that goes for everyone because y- you're, you're pulling for them. Right. Um, and it was, we got along so well. The laughs, oh my God, we laughed so much and like, we all just meshed really well. And it was hard because um, of the timing with Q school and with the whole vaccination statuses is we had half the team fly out on a Friday and half the team not get there till Tuesday. So we were kind of worried about, you know, how is one half going to mix with the other half if we're coming in different times? Um, and it, it didn't even play a factor. Right. Um, we all just kind of blended together and supported each other so well. And um, I think that's part of what um, gave us the success we had that week. You mentioned the laughing, and I'm just thinking, just you know, ten young ladies in a in a across the pond in the UK playing in basically the tournament of their lives, and you have you have Captain Ingram, you know, focusing on pairings and focusing on just you know how do we get how do we get these points, how do we bring the cup back, and you know I have, have spent a lot of time uh, following the guys, and uh, and I've been to two Walker Cups, and you know Robbie Zalznek is is the manager of the the Walker cup team for the U S and you, you mentioned Laura Nocta, the team manager of the U S Curtis cup team. Did she have the toughest job for, for the U S Curtis cup team? Like what were some of the things that she was able to do to keep everything moving smoothly? Cause I could imagine, I mean, when you're not just, you know, beating the heads into the GB and I players, it's just an incredible giggle fest and you're running all over the place. <laughs> she definitely had the hardest job of the week the logistics oh my goodness she had everything down to a t i can only imagine the spreadsheets upon spreadsheets that she had because it was like from the travel to food to hotels to the bus schedule to um getting us to go see conway castle to hiking to all everything was in perfect detail right she is amazing and on top of that like so much fun to be around like we kept joking that that we were going to go out with her and all this stuff. And um, she is amazing. I, I, I really hope that I get another chance to to be on a team with her as a manager because, like, I had so – we all had so much fun with her. And, and she was just incredible that week. Funniest person on the team. I asked this question to uh, to Amelia Miliacho on, on a previous episode. I asked her who would she consider the funniest person on the team. 
Um, I'm not going to tell you who she said. You may already know, but I barely got the question out before she gave me the answer. So who is the funniest person on this team? That's a hard question. Um, okay. Okay. We all have very different sense of humors. I really like Brooke Matthews sense of humor though, because it's like, it's like a very like shy one-liners, like, sure. um, she never fails to make me laugh. I don't think I've ever told her that. Um, so Brooke, if you're listening, like, I think you're hilarious. Okay, perfect. But I think she's so funny. She's great. Well, I heard, I heard Megagane was, was just. Oh, she's great too. Big fan of Mega. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this Thursday match. You go off in Thursday foursomes, you go out with Amelia, obviously not the way you wanted to start. You lose four and three, but, um, you know, obviously it's just a, from top to bottom, just a really rough start. That first day you're down three points, you know, four and a half to one and a half. Um, you, you didn't play in the afternoon on Thursday, which now that I'm learning more about your personality must have been absolutely brutal for you to lose and then sit. Um, but, but I mean, what do you remember about that afternoon, you know, supporting your team, but also gathering yourself up for the next day? Yeah. I mean, obviously Amelia and I didn't quite play how we wanted to that morning Mm -hmm. and, and, Annabelle Fuller particularly hold a lot of putts against us. Um, but that's golf, you know? And yeah. so anyway, so uh, co- our captain had told me that I wasn't going to play that afternoon. You know, I was a little upset, but I figured, you know what? That's okay. Like, <laughs> I'll go out, I'll support. Um, and then hopefully I'll get to play two matches the next day. Um, so I kind of walked around and, and was getting people hyped because there weren't <laughs> as respectful as the GB&I crowds were. There were maybe a total of like six U.S. supporters. Really? Um, there were just not, my parents were there, the Kentucky coach and her mom were there. Um, and then you basically just had like USGA staff. Um, and then the people that weren't playing that afternoon. So just you against the world. It felt like that. It wasn't that way, but it felt like that. Right. Um, and so I tried to be as loud as I could and and get people as hyped as I could. Cause you know, any point that we could throw up was one less point we had to make up the following day. Right. Um, and, and so like you said, Thursday didn't quite go how we wanted to, didn't quite end how we had wanted it to either. Um, but we actually, that night, or we sat at dinner and we were all in pretty good spirits. You know, we were only three points down, which could have been made up in one session. You know, you got your sweet morning foursomes and next thing you know, it's tied. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the mentality we took. The other thing, um, which I'm sure Amelia mentioned, um, was we were on the bus ride back and Rachel Heck kind of read out an article about the bombings in Kabul. She did not mention that in her episode. So, yeah. So what had happened was we were on the bus ride and Rachel reads out, you know, the news about the bombings and it kind of put it all in perspective for us. Interesting. And so we, um, we had said that, you know, tomorrow. So Friday at this point, we were going to go out and we were going to play for the Americans that had died in Kabul. And put it all in perspective, and we were going to play for something bigger than just the Curtis Cup. Wow, that's uh, that's incredible. That's a, that's really good perspective at that at that time. Wow. So, um, yeah, it obviously you, went out and worked. <laughs> yeah, I obviously did. Um, you you went out and had your Friday four ball with uh, obviously a player that you have a lot of experience and a lot of success with, Jensen Castle. I mean, you guys are two-time defending back-to-back Carolina four-ball champions. Um, what was your feeling when you saw her get into the final of the U.S. Women's Amateur, knowing that, 
I mean, obviously they had not announced the uh, Curtis Cup team, but I'm guessing you're kind of thinking, okay, this could set up really well. If she wins the U.S. Am, she's definitely on the team, and I'm guessing you're feeling pretty good about your chances at that moment. Um, do you remember just watching that women's am? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, aside from, you know, being partners with Jensen, all this stuff, like she and I are really good friends. Right. And so, you know, I saw her, you know, win a match and then go on and win another match. And the next thing you know, she's in the finals. And like, I sent her a text and we actually shared the same swing coach too. So I was like texting with my coach, like constantly throughout the finals being like, Oh my God, you see that? And, and you see this and all this stuff. Um, and I was just so, so excited for her because I know how deserving she is and how humble she is and how hard she's worked for that. Um, and and so t- to see someone that, that I care about shine on, on one of the biggest stages in amateur golf was, I was so proud of her, oh, yeah. if that makes any sense. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, to know that like we might have a chance to like be partners at the Curtis Cup was so cool because we've, we've grown up playing U.S. Kids Golf together. Yeah. There's a picture of us at like, maybe eight years old and like my hair's a mess and her hair's a mess and we we look so rough but it's like we've come from there to now being able to be partners on the Curtis Cup team it's it's it really brought everything full circle man I was going to use a nice photo of you from from Wake Forest to promote this episode but now I'm thinking maybe you just send me that picture of you and Jensen when you're eight years old (laughs) I'll just use that that'd be perfect I wish that picture would be deleted from the internet because I don't think I've ever had a rougher day in my life oh it's on the internet (laughs) okay all right I'm gonna put my team to work we'll get that done Um, (laughs) so you win this four ball match and let's just completely make it even more interesting if it's not already interesting right now but you beat Walsh and Duncan and then Lauren Walsh is your teammate and roommate at Wake now was there like a side bet during the match like loser has to do dishes for a month or you know cook the winner <laughs> favorite? like how was that ma- I mean I understand you know US GB and I you know let's focus on the task at hand but it's still at some point you look over and there's like one of your best friends and teammates like it had to be a little bit of a, of a odd dynamic there well it's very funny I as I'm as I'm doing this interview right now she's literally across the hall from me okay um, which is so funny um so I better watch what I say no I'm just kidding okay. but um <laughs> no well we had played each other twice at Palmer Cup okay um, so that was the first time that we had played each other um and and you know ultimately we're, we're best friends we're roommates and we're, we're both golfers so we get it you know what happens on the course we're, we're both able to yeah it's gonna happen separate that from our friendship yeah um and and we we always joke that every time we play each other, we'll go up to each other and be like, "Oh yeah, like I want you to play your best because I want to beat you at your best." Nice. Um, we're we're both always rooting for each other. Um, but it was nice, you know, to to still chat with my friends as we were walking on the fairways, even when we were both trying to beat each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was really cool because our goal this past semester was to both make Curtis cup and then see each other at Conway and, and to know that we were both able to do that and, and to play with my, against my best friend on the biggest stage in amateur golf was, was such an incredible experience. Cause you know, I got to meet all her family too. And, and, um, it, it was just such a fun time. And Louise was great too. She was so nice. It was my first time meeting her, but we, we had such a fun match. Um, all four of us just kind of got along. So it was great. What was the biggest adjustment for you at Conway? You know, I, I talked a little bit to, uh, you know, just to reference Amelia's episode, I talked to her about it. Uh, you know, I've I've been to the UK. I've played in Scotland. 
uh, I've I've played in in England, so I have a little experience. I know what I used, you know, to try and you know enjoy my time playing over there. Um, what was the biggest adjustment for you? I think for me, the adjustment was. I would say there's two. I think it was really important to be really accurate with your driver. I think sometimes in American courses, you can kind of spray your driver a little bit and get away with it. Um, but not at Conway because you have these pot bunkers in the fairway. Um, that's, that might as well be a, a water hazard. You're having to chip out of it and, and try to get up and down from 150 yards. Right. Uh, I think that, and I also think landing it short of green. Um, there's no, you know, you can land pitching wedges 50 yards short of the green and they'll run up. Um, so I think kind of, I had, a, I had an unbelievable caddy. My caddy, caddy's name was Alex Cliff and he and I got along so well and he was so good with clubbing me and, and figuring out where we needed to land it. Um, so I can't really take credit for managing the golf course in that sense. I'll give it all to him, Gotcha. Uh, but it was definitely an adjustment. Well, uh, we're going to move past the Curtis cup. Obviously you come back, you win. And then, uh, you know, I mentioned this to Amelia. I'm not sure if she was aware of this. Actually, I was just giving her a hard time, but you, you do understand there's another Curtis cup being held next year. Are you, <laughs> you know, we're going to do that again next year, right? I hope so. I hope. I'll no, be no, there. no. I mean, it's, yeah. it is going to happen at Marion. I mean, whether you're there or not, it will, I'm pretty sure it's still going to happen, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a nice thing, a quick turnaround just because obviously, uh, you know, uh, the COVID postponement, it's going to get back on the, on the right schedule again, but, uh, I'm guessing that's something you're just, you know, give me more of this. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I'll, I can play my way onto that team again. Um, cause it, it would be incredible to play on home soil. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a quick question about Rosang. World number one uh, did not lose a point all week. She went 4-0-1. And I know this may sound like a dumb question of, like, how good is Rosang? I mean, obviously, you know, she's a, a U.S. Women's Amateur Champion. She's a U.S. Junior Champion. She's number one in the world. But as someone that's at that level, uh, you know, all, everyone there is great. You're, you're at that level of being on that Curtis Cup team you're an elite amateur, but when you see someone accomplish what she's accomplished at such a young age, uh, I mean, I'm guessing it's sky's the limit for her, but as someone that's watched her play and practice and how she goes about the game, what can you say about her that maybe most people don't see? I mean, they see her holding a trophy. They see her playing in a major. What are some things that maybe people don't see uh, about Rosang that you were front and center for? I think the things that most people might not notice are her composure and maturity. Um, she's only what, 18 years old, maybe. Yeah. Um, and handles herself like a complete professional. She's so much fun off the golf course, but when it's time to get down to business, her focus is unmatched. Um, she, she's incredible to watch compete. And, and we kept joking all week. We, it didn't matter what situation Rose was in. We would we tell each other, we'd look at each other and be like, ah, you never bet against Rose. You know, she's just, every time she's in any kind of pressure situation, she comes up clutch. And it is, it's time and time again. And we, I was actually talking with Mega about what I think is Rose's most amazing accomplishment is the win at U, the U.S. Juniors this year. Because obviously she's the favorite. She's number one in the world. She's coming off a win at last year's U.S. Amateur. Right. Even getting to the finals and losing would have been a disappointment there was so much pressure and for her to go out and put all of that aside and to go out and do it anyways, what I am so impressed by her every single time I see her play. And, and she is as nice of a girl off the golf course as she's good a player on the golf course. Wow. Yeah. I, I was just, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with her too. I, I want to follow and, and watch her career blossom. It's, it's going to be uh, 
gosh, who knows where she. We she's keep going. joking that she'll turn pro before college because we really don't want to play against her at Stanford. Yeah, let her say <laughs> there you go, there you go. That's a good. That's a, that's a good. Uh, yeah, get some sponsors lined up for. Her. Make it just too much. Just make it too. I diff- keep asking her if she's really sure she wants to go to college, and every time the answer is yes. Oh, just just keep telling her, boy, you know the, the the travel and the courses and just the food and just it's just miserable. The money she could be making, really. I know. Just, I mean, yeah. Uh, you got to find out what the pressure points are with her. You know, does she, is she in the best cars? Does she like jewelry? You know, figure out if you can work something out. Just, you know, make it difficult. Um, I, 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 we got to talk a little bit about Wake before I let you go. Or I got to, you know, it, Wake has such a rich history. I mean, gosh, uh, you know, Palmer and Curtis Strange and, and you know, your buddy Cub Show and Jay Sigel and Will Zell. I mean, your, and your mom, of course, can't, can't leave her out. <laughs> To throw that one in there. Throw that in there. <laughs> but I mean, you have strength on the women's side, you have strength on the men's side, and you know, the men's team is doing such great things. And you know, a lot of you know, a lot of strong players in that other locker room. And you know, I know that obviously you're no stranger to representing your country, you did it at the Palmer Cup, but you know, Curtis Cup was a little different. And you know, really, the only comparison, uh, truthfully, is the Walker Cup. And I know you know where I'm going with this. There's a guy, I know, I know. There's a guy on the men's team that probably can give you a lot of sage advice. So, so tell me honestly, what kind of fantastic advice did you receive from Mark Power before going to the Curtis Cup? Mark is a legend, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. He's great. Mark is so funny. I mean, that's the guy you go to when you really got to kind of, you know, get some advice and really kind of figure out, you know, who can really help me at a time like this, you go to Mark Power. Absolutely. <laughs> Mark is great. We give him a hard time sometimes, but uh, ultimately he, he's a great guy. He actually lives down the street from me. There you go. Um, well, you know, you, you knew where I was going. I had to throw a curveball, but Alex Fitzpatrick <laughs> is another guy on that team that you know you know uh, well. And I actually talked to him a couple days ago, and, and I said, hey, I, I have Keen coming on the podcast. <laughs> and he said, hardest worker he's ever seen. Please get her to say Uh-oh. something nice about me. So um, that is literally a quote of what he just said. But uh, the hardest worker, what does a typical practice session for you look like? How do you, when you're maybe two weeks out, one week out, you know, when it's really okay, I need to start, I need to get to a point where my game is peaking. What does a practice session look like for you? Um. So a lot of people are different, but for me, I know that, that I get my most productive practice sessions from like practicing at our range rather than like taking it to the course. Okay. Um, so I like to go out and say it's a five hour, six hour practice. I don't know. I'll I'll hit balls for, um, maybe an hour doing like a lot of like technique work, um, and working on whatever I'm working on with my swing coach. Um, I like to go out and, and then I'll chip and do a lot of like repetitive chipping and kind of block work. Um, and then I'll, I'll go to the putting green and I'll do, um, some start line stuff. So I have like a putting mat that I'll use to make sure that I'm starting it online and sure. my stroke is good and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I like, to, I love putting drills. So I, I do this drill a lot that my teammates like to call the torture drill. I call it a compass drill. Um, and that's basically from like three to six or seven feet give it, given there. Um, yep. Go round and round. Yep. A lot of times. Um, and then it's after that, after I've kind of done my block practice, I'll go into like performance stuff. So we'll do like um a putting test with with my assistant coach or something like that. And then some up and down drills with tipping. And then I'll go and do some, you know, a driver test and some wedge tests and stuff like that. Um, and kind of test my, kind of how 
how I can perform when I put a little more pressure on. And then at the very end, um, you know, I'm surrounded by some of the best golfers in the country with the the men's and the women's team here. So we'll go out and, you know, have a putting contest with Alex or a chipping contest. I don't like having chipping contests because he beats me all the time. And it's really frustrating, <laughs> but I'll take him on in putting um, and, and we'll go out and we'll, maybe we'll do pitching and, and kind of, that'll be like a last hour of practices, just kind of fun competitions and, sure. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And some, some trash talking and just, uh, yeah, you got to do a little bit of that. Yeah. I, I really tried to help Alex out a little bit here. I set him up for an easy layup. You know what I'm talking about. The U.S. Women's Amateur. I'm like, you know, he's there following you at Westchester. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, who, who's better, you or, 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 or Rachel? And I'm really just giving him the easy layup. Anyone would take the layup. And, of course, he digs himself a hole and says that he's better, which is just the dumbest thing ever. Um but it has to be it has to be nice that you have someone there that um you know same sport same you know really i mean you know we're we're splitting hairs here but really the same level you're accomplishing a lot of the the same things uh it has to be nice where you have that dynamic for not just with him but just everyone else there on on the men's team and the women's team is there a lot of competition between the teams um is there you know matches that go out i don't think i've ever asked that question I'm just curious, are there matches between the teams? Oh my God, definitely. Um, and, and I don't necessarily think it's just between Alex and I, you know, I oh, think of course. anyone who wants to play. Um, kind of a big thing we did last fall because our season had been canceled by the ACC, so we couldn't play. Right. So just to keep competitive, um, Lauren Walsh and I and Alex and Parker Gillum went out and would have these like 18 hole matches. So we did Americans versus GB and I. Okay. And we would do the front nine was four ball and the back nine was foursomes. Um, and that's just, you know, then we, we would also do like between both, like the entire teams, we do golden black matches. We're sure. just, we're so close with our guys team. And, and we have kind of, as, as I said, some of the best players in the country here, we'd be stupid not to take advantage of that. How much fun is it to beat Alex with Patrick? Oh, so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> It, honestly, to, I, I, I kind of said that I'm a I'm a really bad loser, but he's just as bad. Oh, so really? it like works really well. Like we both pout when we lose. So it ends up, you know, the loser has to go buy dinner or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> no, it, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just thinking that's... i can't wait to tell him i said that too oh no he's gonna listen he's gonna he, he, he's gonna hear this um i was gonna ask you like what's more fun beating your mom or beating him and i don't even think oh I would... beating him for sure that's not even a question oh okay all right i'm sorry i'm, I'm sorry okay. oh my goodness um he also does a lot of things that like really bothers me when we have like a putting contest like i don't like when people like walk putts in early and stuff so he does all this stuff just to get under my skin uh-huh and so it's all smoke. Like it's even sweeter when I like beat him when he's doing all of this stuff. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I need to see one of these matches. I, <laughs> I, I need I need to see one of these matches. This is so good. Well, I can't think of a better way to end this episode. You having a little bit of fun at the expense of Alex Fitzpatrick. I think I'd love to have every episode end that way, but it just wouldn't fit. So, um, thank you so much for the time. I know you're getting ready to head out to your uh, to to the Annika best of luck there obviously a tournament you've won so go try and get that done another time and um yeah let's uh, let's do this again i appreciate you stopping by the back of the range yeah thanks ben it's been a bunch of fun and there you have it special thanks to rachel keen for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range you know that's two curtis cuppers we've had so far here at the back of the range uh, i think we're gonna have more 
Let me know what you think. Shoot me an email, ben at the back of the range.com. Let me know if you want to hear more from the victorious Curtis Cuppers that represented the United States. For now, make sure you're watching Golf Channel. Check out the Merido Collegiate Invitational this week, and I'll see you next time here at the back of the range.